Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week, we're playing Swords Without Master. Originally appearing in Epidiah Ravichal's Swords and Sorcery zine, Worlds Without Master, Swords is a simple and flexible approach to role-playing inspired by stories like Conan the Barbarian. Dice are rolled primarily to determine the mood of description rather than the success of a character. Play has a procedural ceremony to it that reverently and faithfully recreates the feeling of old-school sword and sorcery stories. I think Swords is a game that one has to play more than once to truly master. Our group definitely made some mistakes in our playthrough, but I think the story we came away with demonstrates how resilient Swords is. Even played imperfectly, it still captures the magic and wonder of the thing it seeks to emulate. For this episode, we're joined by a stellar cast, including Decemberist's guitarist Chris Funk. It was a thrill to play this game with a member of my actual favorite band. The Decemberist's new album, I'll Be Your Girl, is set to release in March. This week on the OneShot Twitch stream, we are actually, definitely, finally going to be able to broadcast the second episode of A Woman with Hollow Eyes. After the problems with our internet provider last week, we have been assured that there won't be any more interruptions to our broadcast, so join us this Wednesday at 7.30pm Central Time at twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG. Before we get to the episode, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank our backers on Patreon. Thomas Belmore, thank you. Matt, thank you. Victor Stahl, thank you. Matt Bailey, thank you. That's entertainment. That, that's entertainment. That's entertainment. Thank you. Adam Pickens, thank you. Adam Feldner, thank you. Matthew Atkins, thank you. Mickey Michalik, thank you. Magical Playlist, thank you. Mina Riley. Thank you. Houston Todd, thank you. Michelle Sun, thank you. Michelle Sun, who is a rock fact in her avatar. Oh. And it moves. No. You have the option of GIFs in this? Uh, apparently you do. Very cool. Or the option of GIFs. Yeah. Uh, that Neil... one doesn't bother me. I can go either way on that one. Okay, there's got to be a word for that. There's got to be a word for a person who will pronounce something either, either way. way. I know. I'm definitely that on all things because like data, data doesn't bother me. Okay. But like if somebody called data, data. Okay. That, but that's a name. That's a name. It's a proper it's name. A proper name. Okay. We, we figured <laughs> it out, everybody. <laughs> Thanks again to all of our supporters on Patreon. You make what we do possible. And with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. Uh, first up, a voice that's going to be familiar because you've just been listening to that voice for the past couple of weeks, and that's Casey Tony. Guys, I hope you're not sick of me because this is how it's going every week. <laughs> every Casey week. Tony, Neoscum Podcast, repping on one shot. That's right. It's me. Yeah, they're getting a double blast of Casey right now. Because, double blast. Because Neoscum is, <laughs> yeah. is is moving back into production. They're, they're just getting blasted with Casey. Yeah, dude. I hope you guys enjoy this double blast of Casey. Uh, if you like this, hashtag double blast of Casey. Uh, tag my mom. Uh, Let's get that trending. Yeah, I'll give you her address. You can 
friggin' mail my parents. All right, uh, we'll, we'll post our address uh, at, yeah, the end, be, at the end of the show. Mm, show um, notes. <laughs> let's let's move on to our next voice, which hey, another familiar voice. It's Ganon Reedy. It's also familiar. Hello, it's a double blast of Ganon <laughs> Reedy. Blast of <laughs> but I, if it's a double blast of Casey, it sure as hell is a double blast of me. And please also do tag my mom. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're getting both barrels. We're of getting Ganon. Yeah, we're one <laughs> barrel Casey, one barrel Ganon, and it's also both barrels of both of us. Yeah, so it's it's it just it just barrels. We're just rolling down the Niagara Falls. In barrels That's of true. us. And we glossed over it earlier. These two are from the lovely One Shot Network Neo Scum podcast. Yes, um, baby. You can go back and listen to the Neo Scum crossover episodes that just aired on One Shot, or, or you can start with Neo Scum proper. It is a delightful show. Can I just say real quick about that, guys? We got a best of ep. If you're looking to get started, it's the, the past year of Neo Scum distilled into the finest moments. Yeah, if if you're a fan of Shadowrun, if you're a fan of cyberpunk fiction, or found families uh, struggling to make their way in an oppressive world, Neo Scum. And wild and nasty comedy. Yeah, wild and definitely very nasty. Uh, Speaking of things that are wild and nasty, we got Stephen Crowe. Baby, am I the wildest and nastiest. (laughs) It may not be a double blast. It's a deep blast. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah I got deep blast to Cropa. <laughs> Tag my mom. She's at Tweety Pie eighty four. <laughs> That's her true handle. <laughs> I, I feel like this is gonna follow us for the rest of like our careers. Like, there's gonna be like yeah. big fans of this episode who mm-hmm. are hashtagging like the blasting boys yeah. for oh, like. I hope so. The ne- f- fucking next next <laughs> Decemberist show, people are gonna be like, blast, blast, blast. Oh, we'll get to we'll get yeah. to that in a second. Uh, uh, Steven, yes. Um, where where can people find you and your great works and your uh, you your various deeds? Find me at Cropa Cabana on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a book of essays. Ooh, it's called Hufflepuff is Enough. <laughs> a <laughs> geek first time I heard that. A geeky my self help book. It's all about my struggles with depression and anxiety, but through geeky things. Yeah. Uh, that sounds it's very positive. It's actually very fun. It's all spoken word essays I've done, and I've translated them so you could read them. Oh, that's very yes. cool. That's very cool. And if people want to find out about that project as it unfolds, where where do they go? On Twitter or the in progress stephencropa.com. Nice. I just bought the domain name, name. That's all I have. Are you using Squarespace? Or you oh, yeah. Squarespace, baby. This episode is this brought episode to you. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we've had a lot of familiar voices so far. People have been on the show before. Uh, but there's somebody who uh, you are definitely going to recognize because I, I think the most significant thing they did is an Illamot demonstration with us. I can't think of any other thing that you might know him for, but this is Chris Funk. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hi. Glad to be here and back. Yeah. How many blasts of Chris Funk do we have? So many blasts. Double, <laughs> double jam blaster. <laughs> Ooh, double hot jam sauce. Blaster. <laughs> yeah. sauce blaster coming up here. <laughs> My secret sauce blaster. There. I have a new line. I'm here to promote a new line of hot sauce blaster sauce. He get, he, we all have some right now. Yeah. We're sipping on them like mm-hmm. uh, habanero. We're just sipping on good. sauce. Yeah. Baby. We have nachos. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, Joe sauce. Chris comes to us uh, from actually my legit real world fav- favorite band, the Decemberists. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I am super Sorry. thrilled to be here with you because. The Decemberists are a very like storytelling collective sort of uh, band. And what we're playing today is Swords Without Master. 
which is a rad freeform swords and sorcery based RPG. Uh, it's chasing after feelings that you might get after reading a story about Conan the Barbarian, after reading about Fafford and the Grey Mauser. Uh, it's very loose and cool, and it's got a lot of neat tricks that make it what it is. Uh, and one of the first tricks is the character creation. Um, and this game asked all of our players here today to uh, come here with a either real world image or object uh, that they're basing their character around. So, Chris, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, what object or image is your character based on? Uh, my character is based on this uh, pipe I happen to have in my pocket Ooh. right here. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do. With I me. can't see it, so I don't know no, if this I, is PVC or an actual. It no, actual. it's a smoking it's like, pipe. Oh, very cool! It's <laughs> a, it, Dude, it, that's a good looking pipe. Yeah, yeah, it's a Peterson. Yeah. It appears to be like hand carved on the road out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's like used condom so white, oh, white substance in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it's, so uh, my character will have some, 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 maybe some addiction issues or some superpowers mm. he could uh, evoke from said pipe. I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pipe. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and let's head down the line. Stephen Kropa, yes. what, what is your uh, locus object for my, your character? My object is a, uh, I didn't bring it because it's a picture on my bedside table of the showrunner, Brian Fuller. And he's <laughs> holding a fox and his suit matches the wallpaper behind him. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, he's hey, my favorite showrunner. If it's, you didn't bring this, how am I supposed to believe this? Uh, go real? on Twitter. I tweeted about it the okay. other day. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> For us layman, who what is he the showrunner? Ryan for? Fuller was the Hannibal? showrunner for uh, Hannibal, Pushing Daisies, American Gods, uh, Wonderfalls. That's, <laughs> it takes a lot of work to run a show. Yeah, guys, you can only do so many. Star Trek Discovery for a little bit. Oh, not true. anymore. He's going to be doing he, and the American and, Gods not anymore. No, he right. tends to like, he's good, but he right. tends to Guess get... who's going to use that in their character? Ooh. Ooh. He likes what he likes. Wow. <laughs> That's very cool. Gannon, what about you? I am using the album cover for uh, Sleep's Dope Smoker. For those of you who like, it's a a really primo uh, piece of uh, fantasy art that I really dig, and it's an uh, it's an it's an album I dig. I prefer Holy Mountain, but it's it's a really it's a it's a it's an unstoppable album that is just heavy and dense, and it's all about cranking weed. I don't yes. know if this character is going to love cranking weed, but he certainly <laughs> may have a relationship to it. Anyway, the picture's got a bunch of uh, cloaked figures with a caravan, and they are they've got these these pipes around their mouths. And I was thinking, I don't know if this is going to be my guy, but that's definitely the world he comes from. That's very For cool. Sure. It's it's like giving me John Carter from Mars feel too. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of red sand and blue sky. Mm-hmm. Casey, yes. How about you? Um. So so James, I, I was thinking about this. You gave us this little project, mm-hmm. and I was like, <laughs> okay. Some homework. <laughs> we're, uh, we're in this world of like of like friggin' beefy dudes and yeah. violence and darkness and and hey, you know your boy Casey. He's a lover, not a fighter. Um, and the the thing I related to most in that, I brought my Pokemon card collection from fifth grade. Yes, uh, what? Uh, you can see it's it says. Pokemon cards written in glow in the dark. <laughs> like, I don't Blue? know. Is that like, glue? yeah, it, not glue. it was like these, I mean, kinda. It was like those little, like, tablets. I don't know what it, honestly, I don't remember. It's all beat up. This is the legitimate binder. Um, yes, I did bring this to Chicago with me when I moved from Toledo, Ohio. 
Um, I just want to let you guys know there are three Blastoises and three Charizards. Dang, dang, dang. Um, Any of those holographic? Oh, uh, actually, a lot of them are. Yeah, Ooh. we're gonna spend the next. Uh, we're gonna spend the next two hours going through my meticulously. Uh, th- I'm starting. Is, I'm starting to get envious. This collection is obviously it's a, much better than mine. It's a goddamn good collection. <laughs> let me tell you, it, it like this is the. Jesus. B- before the uh, obsessive Neoscum editing, this is my obsessive uh, Pokemon card arrangement where I separated them by like, okay, we'll stop going through my Pokemon cards. The point is I'm going to be playing uh, a collector of sorts. Ooh, he used to yes. fight. He doesn't want to fight because he sees the value. All these people are distracted. They're out there. They're killing each other. Meanwhile, like... He's there. He's he's uh, he's playing the game. He's picking up the scraps. I love he's it. Staying alive. I love it. A beast master, a, a collector, an organizer. That's a perfect thing to have in this swords and sorcery world. So now I got to ask: Does anybody off the top of their head have a name for their character? Um, yes. All right, Casey, hit us with it. It's very simple. You know I love a title. He's the Bone Collector. The Bone Ooh. Collector. Just, just very straightforward. I want you to know from a distance what he's about. Write that down for all the world to see. Um, and the other thing that I need to drill down on for the Bone Collector is what are things in his domain? Uh, these can be animals, people, swords, specific jewels that he has collected. Uh just, just he doesn't us. collect jewels, James. He, he collects, collects bones. bones. Uh, is there, <laughs> is there a particular bone in his collection? Like, uh, let's just hear a couple things in his domain that he controls. Yeah, he's actually got a. It's, it's funny. Um, he has what you would call the three kings of bones. Um, he has three dragon bones. Nice. Three giant turtle bones, and three uh, ivy frog bones. Um, Excellent. Yeah, and these are very, very big uh, bones, and uh, they're worth a lot of money on the internet, and they're very shiny. Okay, cool, cool. The Bone Collector um, has the Three Kings of Bones. Please write that down next to your name. The Three Kings of Bones (laughs) is also a very good... uh, December's well, like album yeah, time. December's <laughs> album, but also it yeah. was an EP series we did. Yeah, you guys, you guys actually missed it. It's real. Oh shit! Uh, there's the photo. That's, that That's a beautiful photo. You're not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um. Okay. So let's move on to Ganon. Ganon, what's your character's name? Okay. 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 His name. Okay. His. his I'm ready for his, this. His name is 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 Nazar. Nazar. Ooh, that's so good. Very evocative. Nazar. Nazar of the Seven Sands. <laughs> Only seven sands. That's yeah, a lowly you know beach. That yeah, was, my dude's I, got like eight, nine sands. When I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, I would call myself Ganon of the Beast, and this I came from true. the land Your of the Seven Sands. And I said Nazar, and I said, if I don't say Seven Sands, if I don't call out my imaginary character Ganon of the Beast in the Blind of the Seven Sands, <laughs> then what the heck am I doing on the mic? Guys, so. I'm <laughs> loving that we're getting backstory notes mm-hmm. on Ganon for this. This is yeah. good. It's true. His mom told this story on mic. Oh, <laughs> it's in the uh, secret archive of the one, the one shot secret archive. That's great. Yes. Wow. And Nazar. Right. And what what is uh Nazar's what what's in Nazar's domain? Let's you... see here. Let's see here. Let's okay, so let's pull from this image. I'm gonna say that he does 
he has been traveling with a caravan. Let's say the caravan itself refers to themselves as the Seven Sands, and um, uh, let let's let's say he's like the the head scout for for this this uh this traveling uh caravan. Cool. Uh, 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 uh. He's been working with him for a while. High, hired mercenary type situation, since he is sort of like uh, in the book they refer to him as rogues, a free a free man in a way, not tethered to the world around them. Uh, yeah, I, I would really like to have for him to have a really bitchin' sword, really gnar- like one of those like gnarly like two handed. Yeah. Big uh, grip, the cross handle. They call him oh, the, the like claymore. a claymore, like yeah. a claymore, two handed, big meaty son of a gun with like like one of those like Conan-y, like uh, uh, like like fur uh, scabbards. Oh yes, back and it's and he's and he rides and he rides a horse named Bachabalepsby. Bachabalepsby, <laughs> yeah. nice, nice, nice. Please, please write down that sword uh, and Bachabalepsby uh, so that we are aware. Steven. Yes. How about you? What What is your character? My character's name, name is Plaid McCracken. Plaid McCracken. Hell <laughs> yes. yeah. It's spelled like plaid. Right. Let's pronounce Plaid. <laughs> <Blade. Okay. laughs> oh, he, okay. Yeah, how do you spell All right. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> is he brother of Phil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, Plaid McCracken. Okay. Uh, domain. He has a fox familiar. Yes. Who's technically his brother. Ooh. Yes. Is that. his brother imprisoned as a fox? No, he made that choice long ago. Wow. Yes. Uh he nomadic uh goes to different places and sets up properties and then when he's tired of that place he leaves but leaves the wake of his property there Mm -hmm. uh he has a (laughs) he's a rapier he's very fine tuned to like hone in on exactly where someone's going to hit somebody right yeah yeah. uh, very gray mouser yes exactly cool cool i love it um and you've written all that down already Mm -hmm. which is very good uh chris what about you what's your character's uh my character's name is steed two e's with an umlaut and he also goes by (laughs) fucking so fucking steed fucking (laughs) steed hell yeah uh maybe he could be part of this caravan but he um basically is a carnival worker and he's somewhat of a uh a charlatan he's he's a a really great mechanic, and he also so he'd like would work on the these sort of like automaton um, carnival rides, but he'd also like run the um, games as a part of the the midway ostensibly. So oh, yeah. he's uh, he's good with sleight of hand. He's uh, good with mechanics, and he builds all of his own weapons. And he has basically a bunch of um, sort of. Are, are throwing stars okay allowed? In the, are they allowed in this Yeah, world? hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, I don't even know. Uh, so throwing yeah. pencils, throwing stars. He's got like sort of like ninja claws that he's made, but they don't always quite work. They're not very they're not really, uh, very well forged. He won them. <laughs> yeah. He may have won them in some gambling and um, or you know gotten inexpensive medals and and so things aren't quite right with him. And again, he's got this pipe that we'll have to figure out where it fits in. But he's basically a mechanic. Yeah, I like I like because the character it feels like kind of dirty and covered in grease and yeah, like exactly. you know very uh, thick calloused hands, but he's got this beautiful pipe that like shines. It's got that silver band. Yeah, it's won cool. it won it in a won it in a contest. So gambling. Yeah, basically on the midway. Wearing it like a I like, trophy. I like to imagine like his idea of gambling though is like spraying a water gun yeah, <laughs> into a right. clown's mouth. Like, <laughs> if you can beat me in yeah. ten seconds. <laughs> I'll meet you by the flying mobs. I'll kill you. Being being swords and sorcery too. You know that clown's mouth is an actual beheaded person. (laughs) (laughs) And the balloon's like a fucking meat sack or something. Yeah. Awesome. 
pig's stomach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <Something's>... <laughs> so the first thing I do to start our game is I roll for the overtone. I have done that. I have done just that. Uh, rolling for the overtone, I have hit upon a moral actually which is very cool whenever uh the dice uh both dice roll below three uh and they don't match you create a moral a moral is unintended consequence for action i i think generally speaking this is only for rogues um, and i should point out that we call the protagonists of this game rogues they are both heroes and rogues they are heroes because they are more exceptional than the people around them they can do things that normal men cannot they are rogues because no society holds sway over them being a rogue does not mean they break the law but it does mean they are free of the shackles of the modern world and being a hero does not mean they always act morally right it merely means they possess powers that most do not um so i have rolled a jovial tone for our first scene uh the way uh the way uh swords without master works is tonally that's what you're rolling for you're not rolling for result you're rolling to see how those results play out so our game begins underneath the hot sun of a desert Uh, we zoom out we can see shadows crossing many dunes stretching long across the sand a hot red sun beats down on them with waving lines emanating from its bright red center. We see figures clad in robes and cloaks uh, tightly held against their body to prevent the sting of the beating sand from wearing them down. Shadows pass over skeletons of lesser men and beasts that have fallen before them. Their flesh eaten away by creatures. Uh, Their bones bleached by the hot sun this is a land that is unforgiving a land that grabs hold of people in it and pulls them closer to the large grave that is the waving sand and here we find our caravan of wanderers they stretch over a mile there are hundreds of people in this caravan but only four rogues and they stand out against the desert background people who defy nature people who defy a world that would try to contain them and hold them they look over these skeletons of fallen creatures and feel no fear of death though they walk with it every day now that I have set the scene, I am going to decide on exactly what kind of scene we're going to start out with. And I believe uh, the best way to start this is with a perilous scene, which, of course, you boys know means death is on the table. Uh, do, we, so, do we have on mic? Th- <laughs> do we have on mic what... What you just did and what we have on the table. I have slammed a blackened hand uh, with six fingers with sigils carved into its palm on the table to symbolize the grip of death. This is from another game, but it's so free. It's just a good prop. It's very appropriate. It's very appropriate. Object based, you know. um, (laughs) Just so you guys understand how this works. I have described the scene for you. I am now picking up the dice. And I will begin describing the storm. Uh, 
The storm is a dangerous element in the scene uh, that uh, because we are in perilous uh, in a perilous scene will become immediately evident crisis uh, that you have to deal with. Uh, I will describe the storm while I am holding the dice and I will bring the storm once I pass the dice. Um, when I am bringing the storm, your characters and things within their domain are at risk. I can try to attack them. The longer you hold the dice, the longer I am allowed to bring the storm. Uh, you are supposed to, uh, deal with the storm until, uh, you decide there's a clear action for your rogue. At that time, you will roll the dice and then you take control of the scene and it moves how you would like finally once you feel it has run its course or someone has an action that they would like to interrupt with uh, the dice pass when a new person holds the dice once more i'm allowed to bring the storm and that is how uh, this scene will flow so now that i am holding the dice uh we can see in these sands because we have this you know big bird's eye shot we can see a giant mound of sand kicking up behind you it is creating behind it a huge dust storm but the earth churns uh, with the movements of some great beast hidden below the surface this caravan is not just riding across the desert they are riding hard pushing horses and camels to gallop moving as fast as they can to outpace the jaws of the beast but we can see at the back of the caravan the rear guards those with slow injured or old animals are being swallowed up by the creature in the billowing sand our rogues who were hired uh, some to run uh, different aspects of uh, the caravan's mechanics, some to guard the caravan, others just ride uh, out of convenience are in the middle or towards the front. Uh, there are shouts and screams of uh, different merchants and travelers as the sand approaches, as they see loved ones swallowed up by it. And now, Plaid McCracken, I pass the dice to you as I bring the storm. Plaid, where are you in this caravan? I would say to the left of the main grouping, mm -hmm. uh, kind of keeping a perimeter. Uh, he's riding a camel uh, that he, with his ability to speak to animals, yeah. has chosen. This camel has never made this ride before, wants to prove herself. So she <laughs> immediately like agreed to go on this. Uh, her name is Laura. Laura. Yeah, yeah, okay, Laura. cool. I knew it, Laura. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're riding very hard. She's she's willing to prove herself. She's pushing herself further than she ever thought she would. Uh, around his neck rests his brother in fox form named Furder. That's his brother's name. What was that? Uh, right. Furder. 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 Mm -hmm. Furder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, experienced every terrain before, mm -hmm. so he has a very specifically made mask to prevent sand from coming into his eyes yes. and his mouth. He has one created for a fox form as well, and he has very hastily made goggles for Laura. At this time, yes. it appears that you and your group are safe, riding well before this large beast kicking mm -hmm. up sand behind you. 
but your rogue's instincts uh, make you tense. You beat the reins quickly as we can see scattered across the sand in long waving lines. Suddenly tentacles roar to life, enveloping your group. It appears the chasing beast only drove you into more dangerous territory as this titanic creature whips out graspers. One sings over your head, nearly knocking your head wrapping off, exposing you to the sand. As it swings by, your Laura is scared, rears back as much as a camel can, Mm -hmm. and starts to slip. It takes everything you have to regain control. Um, As you're riding this camel, you see another tentacle sweeping towards you. This one looks like it may strike more true. Mm -hmm. Uh, It comes down, swinging from an upward stroke, looking as though it is going to strike right at the neck of your great beast. Um, it whistles down and you can see the inevitable fate headed towards you with no action in a single sweep takes off the head of your camel blood pours onto the sand staining the earth beneath it you hear a roar of screams from the companions around you who have more of a faint heart they draw their blades and try to defend their own beasts but for not limbs and blood fly through the air you try to remain calm at the center of a storm but you know this is a grave situation Mm -hmm. uh your brother clinging to your neck strong though he may be for a fox he is not a warrior rogue he tries to hide from a tentacle that uh manages to whip again through the air with a beast's instincts and reflexes he tries to move out of the way looking at the tentacle you know that if it's left to hit its destination it will indeed strike true you have only seconds to act it is in entirely within your decision <laughs> whether or not you want to do that yes uh so uh as if, he uh gets, if you want to yes. act you must roll, must roll first. first okay okay and we roll Ooh, this is boy. a glum result okay uh meaning that uh you will act with darkness you mm-hmm. will act uh with a sort of solemn grace it does not mean that this is a bad result mm-hmm. for you in fact you have total control over yes. the situation but it's in contrast to the noisy and chaotic mm-hmm. background you are facing seeing what's around him he knows that this beast does search for blood much like a shark does in water uh so defiling the body of the steed that took him this far he cuts her open and pulls out intestines and throws it to the wind to be taken far away he takes the head that has been severed and throws that up into the wind to take that far away and the wind is strong yes, and it does it grab that head and pulls it into a right. swirling storm mm-hmm. which leaking the blood of a camel friend out into the world distracting the beast that way okay so yeah the the beast its its tentacles course after uh that prey and you can see many of them grab it up and start to tear it there appear to be hundreds of tiny mouths uh lining the flesh of these tentacles and they hungrily gnaw at the bones of your beast you know that they have been placated but not for long Mm -hmm. what do you do i run towards the caravan and grab Grab onto the first person I can see uh, and hop onto the back of their ride. 
Yes. Uh, the stranger uh, greets you with a grim look of determination as they pull the reins of their horse, not an animal suited for this. Uh, the creature with its black hide shining in the sunlight struggles to move forward against the flowing sands. You can see that the tentacles chase you and your brother after dealing uh, with the horrible, gory end of the camel. I uh, push the person off mm -hmm. the horse, take the reins, and begin to run further into the caravan, as if to cross across the caravan onto the other side from, from left to right. The stranger curses and looks after you as he starts to disappear in the distance. You're left with an image of a figure silently looking at you. He knows that you have done him a great disservice, but he also knows this is the law of the desert, mm -hmm. where the strong survive and the weak are swallowed up by the beast. Tentacles surround him, tearing him limb from limb as you continue to run for your life. Can't believe you just killed the bone collector like that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Casey. Oh, all right. Okay, uh, so at this point, Stephen, yes. uh, if you feel that your place in the action, at least for the time being, has mm -hmm. been served, you can hand the bones to someone else. Uh, What's that? You can hand the what? Uh, we call the dice the bones. Oh, well, then there's certainly Ooh. somebody <laughs> who should be getting the bones. Oh, right yeah. away. As you take those, uh, the storm comes to you. Uh, where is the bone collector in this caravan? Well, I, I just want to say, and I'm... I'm sure the astute <laughs> listeners of the One Shot podcast are paying attention, but you talked about a lot of bleached bones. Oh, I did indeed. In that opening description. <laughs> yeah. And if, like, if you imagine this sweeping camera, you know, and, like, different shots, like, pulling in this, this, uh, like, yeah, like a dead camel's bleached bones in the middle of the desert, like, as soon as the frame starts to go away you saw like a little like pale bony hand like grab the bones like just on the edge the periphery of the <laughs> image and so the bone collector he's he's like this very like thin like sickly thin and pale bald man with like dark circles around his eyes and his his clothes are all strips of like black fabric like flowing mm. uh in the whipping sands and winds and uh he has he has a big sack a uh, big satchel on his back and another one to his side just bursting with bones uh, and he's got like <laughs> overflowing with bones just flowing with bones he's got like the he's got the sword and sorcery equivalent of cargo pants you guessed it with bones, um, and and so he's like all those bones you described. He's like the reason he's almost caught by the storm is just because he's like he kept seeing good bones, and sure some of them were duplicates. You know he had them already, but he could trade them for other bones uh, in in uh, large quantities. So he's occupied with that, but he's still trying to get away, and he sees this this these tentacles burst out of the ground, uh, and. Uh, and he says to himself, there's nothing I hate more than a creature without bones. <laughs> and, uh... Excellent. Yeah. So, I now bring the storm against you. 
uh, we see the bone collector hurriedly moving against the vast cages of bones that peak up above the desert sand. Great beasts have fallen here before with huge, massive chunks of bone. If anybody has ever seen whale bones uh, sitting around anywhere, uh, these titanic teeth sticking up uh, out of the sand, stretching over uh, the desert, uh, hinting at leviathans that walked here before you and <sighs> fell here before you. you. You regret that you are not able to grab them because... They're too heavy to carry. But also, this horrible beast without bones is chasing you now. You can see beneath your feet as you run across the sand, uh, you are in the thick of a huge lattice of tentacles uh, lining the ground beneath you. They whip about trying to catch your feet and bring you low and perhaps take your own life. With careful jumping and running, you try to avoid them. One seems to be constricting quickly around your ankle. You move into the air with lithe grace, but will it be enough? Will you be able to escape? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out you will. It looks like you have another glum result. So against the jovial background of this scene of battle, we have a glum, downbeat, uh, shadowy, mm. dark scene. What uh, does he do? First, I just want to say that you were talking about those Leviathan bones. I couldn't <laughs> care. I've totally carried bigger. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want to put that on record. I've carried bigger. Um... I mean, really, like, that's just like a medium-sized bone to me. Um, but uh, with uh, seeing the... Listen, Bone Collector likes bones, but he doesn't want to become bleached bones in the middle of this harsh desert. So he he does what he has to do with great reservation. He He slowly pulls this barbed bone, this long barbed bone with a sharp point and hook-like calcium buildups off the side uh, out of his satchel. And it's like kind of like Monster Hunter where he like pulls out bones that are just like like, like a cartoon. It's like, dude, how'd you fit that in that satchel, my man? <laughs> what, what creature uh, does that even go to? Yeah, like, yeah, like I, that couldn't possibly be a useful bone uh like <laughs> um uh but that's why he's you know that's why he's the best and um <laughs> he loves his bone man he loves his bone and but he takes it and he stabs it deep into the side of the tentacle gripping him and uh in this does go deep the way it's shaped it it pierces fast especially through uh, just knotted meaty flesh like that. Uh, maybe the the creature uh, attempts to you know use another tentacle to pull it out, but the barbs uh, the, the barbs won't let it uh, remove itself from the tentacles. And and in that moment, in his uh, his sinewy form, little spider like shape, he like like uh, like crawls down the tentacle like very creepily and is back on the sands running. All right, if you are done, you may hand the uh, yes. bones off to another. Um, uh, and in this moment, uh, he starts uh, he starts gaining on uh, another member of the caravan. Looks strong and, and wild, but also not as fast and nimble as the bone collector. And he starts to pass him slowly. And that is fucking Steed. <laughs> 
Hello. <laughs> Fucking Steed. Fucking oh, Steed. Okay. Oh, I just the bone. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Steed is not strong. <laughs> Steed holds the dice. Uh, Steed, where are you in the caravan? Steed is uh, in in a basically a, a trailer on 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 skis. He's being mm. towed by some creature, mm. and he's asleep okay. right now. He has no idea what's happening right now. Uh, he was up all night partying. Uh, I think this creature looks like a rhinoceros uh, with the body of an elephant. Um, yeah. And it, it has just like, not, not, not just that, but it also has some tusks. So it's got the big horn nose and two gigantic tusks coming out of its mouth. And this massive creature with a thick, leathery, and powerful hide is in terror. Uh, it strains against the weight holding it back, the weight of the uh, mechanical thing that we can see Steed riding atop. All it wants is to be free of this weight so it can run for its life. As uh, we can see, many tentacles start whipping against the creature's flesh. Its hide is thick and it is strong. Uh, so it, it has flesh that would turn away swords and spears. This is the sort of creature that even the bravest wild hunter would not dare to bring violence against for fear of their life because their weapons cannot pierce its flesh. But weapons are nothing like the touch of this horrible beast as the mouths, the hungry mouths wrap around this creature, slowly uh, ripping off parts of this uh, beast's hide. We can see dark inky oily blood fill the air being lit up by the sunlight as this creature strains and screams forward uh it rips its head back and forth whipping about the handlers who were trying to pull it in a direction earlier but it appears as though this beast is going to break loose of the caravan steed you can feel the lurching of the metal beneath you the large complicated machine that you lug from place to place the thing that your livelihood and the livelihood of many who travel in this caravan depend on starts to creak as a big rope breaks on it uh taking off the protective tarp and sand starts to batter the sides of this thing you can see that questing for flesh tentacles have started to wrap themselves around this platform that the mechanical piece of equipment has been tied down to. As they quest around, the hungry mouths gibber <laughs> and they find different ropes and bite into them, tearing away at the fibers, weakening the structure that holds this thing in place. You know without action, in seconds, this thing will crumble to pieces falling victim to the sand and the beast, and you will be caught in the rubble, struggling for your own life against this creature's hungry mouths. I want to point out, I only stop this narration when the dice hit the table. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, sorry. And we have another glum result. Yeah. So the, 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 trigger, the trigger for you uh, taking over the scene and ending my narration is... Yep. Rolling those uh, bones. Uh, so Steed wakes up. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> after after all of that, not and the he first rolls thing, some not dice. the second. Right. <laughs> uh, he stands up on top of the machine. He lights his pipe, and he's like, 
what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really like that his the the creature towing his uh his sled with machinery. It's basically like the the animal looks like the Motorhead album cover, the Motorhead <laughs> yes! logo. Yeah. And Steed happens to if Motorhead existed in this world, he would be a big fan of Motorhead. Oh um, yeah. So Steed just has no idea what's happening. He's just woken up. Steed's also somewhat of a hoarder, and he starts to uh, just like like go through the piles of of things around. He pulls out like a what would. If a Betamax tape existed in the world, he throws that aside. We'll um, say it does. Yeah, we'll say yeah. It does. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, uh, he's got a long chair with like three legs. And he just like throws that aside. He's basically rifling through anything he can figure out to, okay. to use as a weapon against this guy. Can I just say like as Bone Collector was like passing him, he, he was like, dude, nice collection. That's <laughs> like, you know, it's not my thing, but like that's, a, that's, some, yeah. that's a man who likes his stuff. Hoarder, hoarder to hoarder. Yeah. Um. And he comes across. He has a which was sold. They had what was the uh, the pig pop. It was called the pig pop on the midway, where you'd throw balloons at pigs. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, ripping on that. Uh, that you would win these little like mirrors. These little like basically people started using them for some sort of drug. And but they were like <laughs> you know mirrors with uh, bands logos on them. He's got a box of them, and he starts taking them <laughs> like ninja stars because it's the first thing he can find. And starts like hurling them into the into the tentacles that are surrounding the. The machinery cool cool so yeah th- and they're again, just like glint you know the sun's like just everywhere like mm, glinting off these things yeah yeah and because this is a glum roll i think uh those like glinting sort of uh glass shards that you're throwing about those mirrored shards uh create great shadows uh that cross like your character's face like uh you can see the waving tentacles and inky black blood uh shooting out of them uh as this glass pierces its flesh and like it starts to recede in fear not knowing what thing could be stinging it up top the tentacles start questing elsewhere um if you believe you are done uh pass the dice to nazar nazar has a really good logo seven yeah (laughs) it reminds me of like nazareth we have like kind of like a butt rock thing going on yeah oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) not to suggest your butt rock nazar i know you're more like stoner rock oh yeah stoner rock but i mean hey if they're hitting if they're hitting the butt rock (laughs) stoners have butts i'm pretty sure yeah oh hell yeah they love sitting Nazar is, they have two different types. Nazar is uh, capturing a motif. <laughs> nice, Stephen. Let's take a moment to appreciate that joke. I'll take uh, I'll, I'll take a moment to point out. Uh, Nazar just uh, scribbled down a motif. Motifs are uh, things that like really make us feel excited and captivated mm. by the sword and sorcery genre. Uh, when we describe things in Swords Without Master, uh, you're invited to just write down like uh, a little thing that you appreciated. Once we fill up nine motifs, the game begins to end. Nazar, what? are you doing? Oh, so, no, I actually, Nazar, that's right. You've got to be holding those dice <laughs> because <laughs> I am about to threaten you. Um, okay. Where is Nazar in the caravan? Okay, so uh, so Nazar, so the caravan is 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 bolting forward and mm-hmm. Nazar with a heavy heart is is riding Bachabalepsby as hard as he can <laughs> away from where the caravan is running mm-hmm. towards where the chaos is. Oh, happening. yes! Because he is bound by contract of great pay to keep this caravan safe. Yes! At all costs. 
So Nazar, um, seeing uh, the tentacles spring up to his companions around him, tearing many travelers limb from limb, sees not men and women and children uh, being transported in the caravan, being threatened. He sees pieces of gold falling from a bag. With each bit of blood spilled, he knows that he will see penalty in his pay. So he rides and rides hard toward that swirling dust cloud that was originally swallowing up the back of the caravan. You can see sort of leaping through the sand uh, a great mandibled mouth coming up out of the ground. Shining ruby eyes dance in the light. You believe you see hundreds upon hundreds and you smell the stinking breath of this carrion beast. Okay, hell yeah. Uh, let's rock. Ah, uh, glum! It's all glum! It's, it's all glum. glum! It's all glum! Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, all right. Okay, okay. So, so, okay, just a little description of him right now. He's got a blue, big, heavy blue cloak on him that mm-hmm. hangs over his head. He's got long black hair and a thick black stringy beard that is actually covered right now because he's wearing one of these mouthpieces that's hooked up to, like, to, hooked up to, to, a, to a tank that's on Botchablepsi's side that is... That is cranking weed hard into his brain and mouth, and so he can, so he can keep cool. And it, it's it's protocol. It's protocol for these mercenaries. It honestly makes him a little paranoid. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, uh, he he reaches back to his uh, uh his 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 gnarly scabbard, and he he whips out his claymore, his, his this two handed weapon. Oh, how to make this glum? I'm gonna okay, 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 okay. Uh, uh, you can have the sand start to blot out the sun. Oh, okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah, the sand's blotting out the sun. <laughs> I just watched the Ken Burns documentary about uh, the uh, the uh, the Dust Bowl, and man, yes. that's some fucking crazy. So it's like it's like some very <laughs> apocalyptic, heavy dust blasting up right now that is creating a a, a dark, cool light. And and in this moment, uh, he he uh, as the as the beast is rising from the sand, he takes his his sword and he jams it. Into the un- the underside in the in the soft part of the yeah. beast's throat as hard as he can. And- <laughs> The yeah. creature screams with many mouths uh, as black blood shoots out of its body. It washes over Nazar. Uh, you are baptized in the blood of this horrible beast. As the sun fades away, you can feel more warriors around you uh, working to stab it with their own steely blades. Um, but you can feel them one by one beside you start to fall. Uh, now that everybody has uh, had a round on this, a perilous phase ends when you decide to hand the dice back to me. You can feel that, well, we haven't quite slayed this beast yet. Uh, there's probably still more peril. Or when you go, no, we handled the peril, uh, you hand those dice back to me and we'd begin a new phase. <clears throat> the the beast screams, you you are still in control, Nazar. Is there more that you wish to do? Okay. Uh, well, the beast is screaming. So I'm looking at the beast right now. It's like, I don't have to kill the beast. I don't have to kill this beast. I just have to slow it down enough that it's not going to catch up to the caravan. Mm. And it's definitely hurting right now. Like, it's a big guy. I'm one guy. I got to be realistic here. So have I done enough damage? I'm assessing that. I don't think that I have. So I'm going to I'm gonna yell out. You don't need to roll okay. again. Okay, great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to... Yell out to the other to the other men with their wimpy little weapons, poking at this guy. He's like, "You fools! I'm not for the scaled side, the underside, the soft part. 
Go do it there! They say the underside of the devourer never sees sun! Uh, then you shall show its sun. <laughs> <laughs> you shall so show its hand. I say, and I'm like, I'm running around with the horse, uh, 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 look, looking, looking for more weak the spots. The horse breathes heavily, spitting through the sands. Uh, its mouth and nose are overcome with mucus as it wheezes. It's being ridden very hard right now, oh. but it must be because you need to move at top speed. Nazar do you feel that you need help with I this? I do feel like I need help with this. I'm like, these guys, these jabronis over here are not cutting it. Then pass the dice to another okay. rogue. Okay, let's, 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 let's throw it on over here to yes. Blade. Okay. Blade McCracken. Blade McCracken, uh, you can see in the dust storm behind you, uh, it is growing. It is growing as a looming shadow is over you as this creature begins to stand up out of the sand. You can see legs covered in a thick chitin pulling themselves from the ground and making the earth thunder and the sand ripple as they pull their titanic weight out from beneath. The gleaming eyes, the ruby eyes are now emanating with their own light from the shadowy cloud of sand as you can hear Nazar in the distance. Make it see light! And uh, yes. yes. Yeah, now that's what I'm talking about, baby. All right, so he's gotten his like bearings as has he stole and he's now he's two lives on his, <laughs> his <laughs> pointing out this is a jovial this, tone this is a jovial tone right 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 uh, so he rears the horse back uh, leaning forward and whispers in its ear you will make it home I promise you and they ride right towards the beast and he takes out from his side uh, his uh, dagger called bend and it is a bone dagger mm. but the hilt is made of black shale and it is poisoned uh, yes. By the tip, it is a sea. It is a sea dagger, Dude, why and would he you knows. Poison perfectly good bond. <laughs> <laughs> he knows man. that things of the sea are more uh, are, are hurt things from the desert more than yeah. than uh, <laughs> other things. Video so, game logic. Yeah, video game logic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it is a poisoned. Uh, uh, is poisoned by a, a deep, deep sea fish. Uh, uh, so he rides true, and just if he nicks it at all, this poison will course through this beast's veins <laughs> and will fall exploding into a flurry of sinew and guts and blood. Why don't you use that meat. in the first place? <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be that easy. Yeah, well, right. who knows? Yeah. I, uh, I love it. fucking yeah. ate it. Yeah. <laughs> Nazar, you can see, you can see Plaid also running towards danger right. as uh, strong men and women beside you fall to the wrath of this beast. Plaid rides on he right, and you see he holds the dagger. He holds his dagger and he, he stands out among everyone. His, his cloak is more flamboyant than the rest of the caravan. It's, it's blues and purples and deep, deep uh, earthly colors of the sky and the night. And he rides through and he's just looking for one. He's looking for one tentacle to reach out towards him. And so he bites his finger and he holds the blood up into the air. Yes, his bright blood shines crimson against the shadowy background of the sandstorm and the sniffing maw of the tentacle. <laughs> whips through the air mm -hmm. towards the hand, taking the bait. Yes, and he, with his gloved hand, twists Bend up in the air and holds the hilt up high and just runs a streak, a paper cut, thin, 
upon that tentacle. Oh, yes, yes. yes. And at first it looks, it it, it cuts so deep, it looks as though it has not cut at all. Mm -hmm. But after your slash, uh, slowly the black blood begins to appear. And then the poison begins its dark work. Of course, this is not a uh, glum roll, right? So this is an explosive poison. What does it look like? Uh, It turns, uh, you see the, blood of black turn into yellow and it goes through all the veins as if making the river bends of the earth go through it and you can see it kind Mm. of like poisoning through and its face becoming cracked and as it fulfills a section the skin of the beast falls there wherever it makes a full circle that will fall off a piece will fall off a tentacle will fall off all right so the question i have for you played is do you feel the danger is over or is there more work yet to do? I'm sure there's more work to be done. All so right. I will give this to Steed. Steed! Thank you. So, uh, should I roll? I'm sorry, roll uh, first? So uh, I am going to bring, bring the storm, right. yeah. Bring it. So uh, bring the, the, the creature oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now screams in agony instead of rage or excitement as it lumbers forward. It seems that uh, your fellows have dealt it serious blows. The problem is the creature has now stood up out of the ground. And with that, hundreds of feet with tons of sinew and bone and also exoskeleton, because this is a very strange creature, (laughs) and muscle uh, towers above you, it begins to lumber and stumble forward. Uh, It appears as though this beast will fall before you and perhaps even on top of you. It uh, begins another unsteady step, its uh, tentacles still raging across the sands, whipping at whatever they can grab hold of, and some of them vomiting forth black and yellow bile um it begins to creak over as that looming shadow grows smaller and smaller descending upon the caravan all right and this is glum wow. so you do this <laughs> no no glum, glum is not bad it right, just means right. it, it just means you're you're acting with steely determination instead of like exuberant uh calls of battle right right so steed recognizes all this is happening he's like put away all these mirrors he sees everybody he's you know we're like uh he's tr- basically like kicks his his uh his creature into high gear and he's kind of at the back so mm-hmm. he's and you're up front plates up front right mm-hmm. so he's gonna come in and just swoop in and try to to uh pick him up on the sled and it's he's doing this he's there's all the all this stuff that he's collected Starts um, sort of reacting as well as because that we're like going as fast as we can go at, at, at light speed at this point. And these giant, um, you know, those used car lots that yeah. have those like big men that come up. Yeah. <laughs> so he just happens to have somewhere he bought this sled from. Yes. <laughs> and they all start kind of going off. And then there's a giant. Also, he's like stolen a giant union busting rat. Like when there's like a big protest. <laughs> oh my god. So that goes off as well and comes up. Bunker like sees well. these so like there's nothing more. I hate yeah. than creatures without bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's coming in a little hot, but he uh, it's just a. Big, which this could be construed as jovial. So sorry, I'm dice. Well, uh, I mean, <clears throat> you, you've you've given details that could be jovial, but we can make it dark. Uh, they're because, looming. Well, yeah, they're they're coming out of the sandstorm, right? So when we see it from the outside, we see these giant waving figures silhouetted against the sand, and we think 
for a moment. Is there another? Has the beast rallied? But no, it pierces slowly. We can see uh, the face of the beast that pulls your wagon and, and we can see Plaid, uh riding with you, having been pulled uh, from the danger itself as the beast begins to tumble down. So Plaid, Pla- you're on a, you're on a, I'm on a horse. On a mm-hmm. horse. So his horse is starting to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, his horse is like petering out. My creature starting to, to to mellow out. So I basically then look through all my stuff. I see your horse is bogging down. The creature's coming down. I grab what is a uh, looks like a giant satellite dish, missing like three quarters of it. Okay. I jump on that like a skateboard. And I <laughs> go past into, into the sand and I grab you off your horse and we slide past. Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're leaving some shit behind now. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm passing the bone. Okay. Passing the bones to the bone collector. The bone master flex. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, bone collector, you are near a pile of precious bones. I, can I say something else about bones real quick that you mentioned? <laughs> you mentioned, like, so this creature, I assumed, was like cartilage and flesh. Uh, Most He's got tentacles. Uh, but you say he's pretty weird and he's got... An exoskeleton, but you also said a big old bone, dude. Yeah, there's at least one big bone. At least one just meat. Describe that bone a little bit. Okay, so uh, <laughs> the bone this creature has, mm-hmm. I think in order to make its tentacles move about, there is one centralized bone that's sort oh. of anchored to its exoskeleton, uh, and that helps those tentacles like whip very quickly through the air. So uh, you... I that precious bone. Uh, one of one of the travelers with you who had an axe brought it down uh, into this creature's flesh, where it stuck uh, right before uh, this unfortunate fellow was swallowed up by another uh, hungry mouth uh, tentacle, um, pulling him away. And you saw the white of bone f- uh, sticking out of the inky blood. You move towards it, but of course, all right. <laughs> Is that right? You want to say That's that it. last part? But hey, dude. <gasps> my dude. Oh, I got. My dude, you are stymied, friend. I got two twos, which is like so snake eyes, but a it's a two-headed snake because so, it's a freaking crazy desert. This actually is a cool thing. You get to create a mystery Ooh. Um, because you oh. both dice have rolled below. <gasps> Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going. Um, so... <laughs> Mysteries. Uh, whenever a rogue player rolls a tie with both dice uh, at three or less, a mystery must be made. A mystery uh, also causes a stymie. Uh, so there is going to be uh, – you are going to fail in something that you are attempting because you rolled a tie and you were stymied. Also, the overtone is going to flip from jovial uh, from jovial to glum, and you are going to be creating a mystery with this. So you – are this is something caused by something unknown or supernatural that poses a question. So you are going to be discovering uh, a mystery and you will be writing down that mystery and that will be on the center of the table sort of dictating how our game is unfolding. So I can say the mystery first, then write it down? Or yes, does that, okay. say the mystery first. Okay, so... Um, and you are stymied, so be aware that in your pursuit of bone collection, mm-hmm. something as bad is going to happen. Now, um, we talked about the Leviathan bones earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Talked about how that was just like a friggin' medium bone. He's had yeah. much bigger bones before. Let me tell you, I don't know if you guys are... <laughs> paying attention to the scale we have it laid out uh, on the one shot website you can see like there's 
a little like silhouette of the bone collector <laughs> next to like an Different elephant next to a, a, a whale. Know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and this creature is, is massive once it comes out of the sand mm-hmm. and that bone is the biggest bone he has ever seen. Um, and, uh, here's the thing of the bone collector though. Uh, so he like, he doesn't kill creatures, right? Mm-hmm. He just collects bones. Uh, he's not after like harvesting bones. He wants to collect them. Yeah. Um, but so he's not some supernatural fighter. He doesn't have any great ability like that. Uh, but when he sees like exposed bone, like when he can get a bone, he has just the, he is almost supernatural in the way he can retrieve that bone. Yeah, for sure. And, um, So he uh, he runs through the sands and he grips the black uh, strips of fabric uh, that that are flowing behind him and at his sides. And he throws them out. And with some sort of otherworldly magic, they stretch out like tentacles themselves and wrap around this bone and they pull him uh, forward towards it like like friggin Spider-Man or something. He. Like grips the bone, you know when they show like a dude like or with, or holding onto a tree or something. You know <laughs> he just like holds onto this bone like that, and he is about to, you know, do his kind of thing where he can separate a bone. But at this point, the bone shatters into like glass, Ooh. and the bone collector falls thirty feet uh, into the sand. Interesting, and yet you know what. I think as that bone shatters into glass, so does the rest of the beast. Uh, This beast that was once flesh and blood and chitin before you shatters into many thousands and millions of glass shards and is swept up in the sandstorm. Those who were being held aloft by tentacles, uh, being gnawed at by many, many mouths, suddenly find themselves surrounded in glass and falling through the air. Boom! Down onto the thick sands of the desert. And even though the creature is dead... That wasn't what he was trying to accomplish. He wanted that bone. Yeah, he wanted that bone. And that bone is lost. And that bone is lost. The other thing that you know, this was the largest, uh, I think, bone that you'd ever seen. I think you also know that, like, uh, this is a real creature. Like, certainly Nazar of the Sand has has encountered uh, these beasts before. They don't shatter into glass when they die. So with that, uh, Bone Collector, do you feel that there is more work to be done in the scene? I don't believe so. Then I will take the dice, and we will move to our next scene. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more Swords Without Master. In the meantime, if you're looking for more great gaming shows, check out Warda. Warda is an original fantasy actual play brought to you by Ali Grauer and Drew Merzieski. It's part Game of Thrones, two parts Downton Abbey, served on the rocks with a twist of Agatha Christie. Discover magic, mystery, and more than a little socio-political commentary along the way. The city holds thousands of stories. What will yours be? This Wednesday on the OneShot Twitch stream, we are broadcasting the second episode of A Woman with Hollow Eyes. Please join us at 7.30 Central Time for more from OneShot's newest actual play program set in the world of Invisible Sun. That's twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m.
as always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, it is relatively simple. And that is for you to register to vote. A lot of terrible things happened this year politically. Whether it's attacks on immigrants, abortion rights, the LGBTQ community, or net neutrality, the people who are supposed to represent us are making a lot of bad and unpopular decisions. Thankfully, 2018 is a midterm election year, which means 468 seats in the U.S. Congress are up for election. If you're like me and you don't like what's going on, now is the time to act. Getting yourself and everyone you know and love registered to vote is the first step towards fixing all of these problems. Just head to voterparticipation.org to learn how best to register in your area. And if you're looking to go the extra mile on political participation, check out fivecalls.org. Your representatives can only represent your views if you let them know what those views are. And the best way to do that is by calling. And Five Calls is a great resource for doing that. They have issue summaries of different important topics affecting the country today, along with the contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone so your message doesn't get lost. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.